quick, I just want to dive into the uh, scriptures uh, without wasting any time here. Well, from the last couple of weeks, we've been doing a study through the book of Philippians. I, I've been receiving a lot of messages. Thank you so much, you know, for encouraging me as well sometimes. But uh, I've been receiving messages here and online that uh, this study has been a blessing. And uh, I pray that as we dive through, uh, we understand what it meant to the church then. It means a lot to the church now. Scriptures uh, doesn't change because culture has changed or times have changed. Scriptures remain truthful in through generations and season. So what it meant to the church in Philippi uh, is the same thing what it means to the church at Zion today. No matter where it is for generations to go, uh, if the coming of the Lord tarries, uh, this scripture holds the truth for the foundation of our of our faith. So we already dealt with three weeks of study through the book of Philippians, and last week we had a, a, a pastor, Be, a, a, a man of God, Pastor Benny Prasad, who was bringing God's word last week, and he challenged everybody for missions. Uh, but today I want to take your attention real quick on the fourth part of the uh, book of Philippians, and today I want to land in uh, Philippians chapter 2. And so the next couple of months, what we're going to do is expository study through God's word, scripture by scripture chapter by chapter so that we don't miss uh, the foundations of our faith and I uh, encourage that we follow through and if there are Sundays that you are missing due to work schedules and work schedules only uh, if people are missing out Sundays because of laziness you need a good adi adi in Malayalam means something else <laughs> Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 11 let's read it therefore uh, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, okay, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in Spirit and of one mind. The title to my sermon today is The Secret to Elevation. The Secret to Elevation. Everybody in life, we want to grow in the next stages. We want to grow. Nobody wants to remain in the entry-level jobs that we've been doing. As a student, you want to grow. You want to finish off and then start working. As you start working, you want to grow in different ranks within the organization. And whatever field we get to work, we get to work and we want to see some sort of a growth in our life. The secret to elevation is seen in through the scriptures of Philippians chapter number 2 verses 1 through 11. Let's keep this as a foundation for the life success that God is bringing in our life. How many of you want success in your life? In your marriage, in our family life, among our children, in our future, in everything. I pray that God will give you success. And that's the promise of God that in every aspect, walk of our journey, God will provide what He has promised for each one of us. But as we look through success, we need to understand how we set the foundation right when God actually starts to elevate us in different phases of life. Everybody in life wants to grow and reach greater heights. But the way we grow in God's kingdom is actually by going low. Let me repeat that. The way we grow in God's kingdom is actually by going low. Let me explain. Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 through 11. As we look through that scriptures and we break it down for 1 through 3. We see Paul is actually exercising the gift of unity 
within the church. He's asking the church. He's asking the church in Philippi that therefore, if you have received any sort of encouragement in your life, if you have been united with Christ, if you have received any sort of comfort in being in Christ Jesus, if you have received any love in bring, being in Christ Jesus, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if there is any tenderness and compassion that you have received, then make it, make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being in one Spirit, and of one mind, which explains to us, he is calling the church, if you have received any compassion, any tenderness, any gift of the spirit that God has blessed you with, then you must come together as a church with one mind, one body, one soul, one thinking, in the mind that has united us. What's that mind? It's the mind of Christ that unites the body of Christ Jesus. Look, look, if you look at our fingers that God has blessed us with, every single finger is of different size and shape. And uh, some of you all have taken care of your fingernails and all that looks good. But um, every single finger that God has blessed us with uh, has a different sh- sizes and shapes. But each of it is of a great value and importance. If one is taken out, you feel the pain of it. And it gets a lot of time for you to actually adjust to do the daily routine without that one finger. Same way, the body of Christ is like these fingers that God has blessed within our palms, within our hands. Why? Because every single person is of a great value. And the way we see that is through the scriptures that we come together as one mind in Christ Jesus. Different people from different backgrounds, different work experiences, different languages, different cultures, different communities, different way of life and upbringing and everything. But when we come together in the body of Christ, always understand God is uniting the church. The call for today within our church is the unity within the brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. Are we good? Praise the Lord. The unity within the body of Christ. Between different families, between different structurals, structures that we see in our family life. But I pray that we are united together. We are united together. Let no man separate what God has united. And not just only applicable to a marriage ceremony, but it is for a church setting like this. Why do I say this? Because Jesus, in through the scriptures, is the groom. The church is the, what's the word? Is the bride. The New Testament church is the bride of Jesus. For what God has united, let no man ever separate. This is God's house. This house is in the plan and purpose of God. This is not an institution that, that came into existence because somebody thought to bring it together. No, this house is the plan of God. The church is the house of God. The church is the bride of Jesus Christ. And what God has united, let no man ever separate. Let what God has united. God has united His church. We have families here. I'm so thankful when I look into our families. There are families in this room that speak different languages in our homes. Different languages. We come from different homes. Today after Sunday service, y'all go back to eating the food that probably your culture provides. And it is so amazing that from different backgrounds of love, we can gather together in this house to say, God, thank you. Because it is the blood of Jesus that has united the body of Christ. It is the same blood that was pressed on the cross 2,000 years ago that is poured out for each and every individual 
in this room. So Philippians chapter 2 verses 1 to 3 is a call for unity. I'm done with my scripture. Let's do the benediction. Y'all can go home. But it doesn't end there. It doesn't end there. The call for unity is the number one aspect that uses the secret to elevation is the number one. Strive for unity. Pursue unity. Unity in your marriage. Between husband and wife. That we are in sync together with everything that is happening. I know we all fall short in the standards of a healthy marriage. But marriage is a continuous work. No matter how long you've been married. There are people in this room who have been married for maybe 40 plus years. Or just a couple of months or weeks. Just when Tiffany are just enjoying the matter life of just one week or two weeks. There are people in different age groups of your mar- mar- marital life. Marriage is always a long lasting work. It doesn't end on the wedding day. It just continues to go on. And I pray between husband and wife, you are united together in your thoughts, in your decisions, in your actions, and everything that you get to do part and parcel of God's kingdom where He has placed and planted you. You are united together in your actions. You are united together in your motives. You are united together in your financial structures. You are united together in every aspect that God has brought you together. Unity within our family structures between husband and wife and children. They get to watch the equation of unity between husband and wife. Children are watching it. Children catch things what they watch. And I pray in the structures of our family, the call for unity is actually first seen within our family structures where God has placed you. If our family is united, our church is united. Hallelujah. If a family is united, that God is united together, then a church is healthy and is united. And a healthy, united church can actually transform nations. I pray it begins in our home. The call for unity. Like we have the mind of Christ. Number one, the secret to elevation is seen First and foremost, in our family. And the same thing is applicable in any organization that you work. I did my master's in leadership. And while I was doing this program, I had the opportunity to study uh, for study many uh, organizations, nonprofit organizations and for-profit organizations that are well-rich organizations. The one and the most important thing in every organization the leader strives to do it's not to divide the different groups that are our work, but to unite together. Because if you can unite your team leads together, if you can unite your team together, great work can be accomplished. How do I say this? Because that's the foundation of God's scripture. One can chase a thousand, but two, it's a ten thousand. The foundation of unity comes from the very scriptures. And I see a lot of motivational speakers that are encouraging, which is great. And when I go back to the scripture, these are same things that are proclaimed from my scriptures. My word of God asks that you do things together, united in the mind of Christ. Let no man separate. Let no ideology separate our families. Let no wicked Netflix shows separate what our families are united in Christ Jesus Don't give the demon any room within our relationship that he can take over. 
and establish his foundation. What God has united, let no man separate. Strive for unity. In your business, strive for unity. In your work life, in your education, strive for unity. Verse 3. Do not do nothing the way you achieve that. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Now we need to understand as a church, because the foundation of a Christian life, the foundation of a Christian church is based upon do not do anything just for yourself, but for the well-being of others. That you always think about others before you start thinking about ourselves. When in, in a family, husband and wife, parents, we always think about our children and their future. We, our children comes first. We think about them. Why? Because they are connected to us. Our, our DNA, our, our blood flows into them. They are flesh of our flesh, bone of our bone. God is united together with what he has meant together to be a family. As a family unit, we have asked and we work together for the betterment of their life. So we think about our children. But in the same aspect, what Christ is united together as a body of Christ and places in a community. What he wants us to do as Christians is that we think about others before we think about ourselves. And that's why in verse 3, it talks to us about do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking at your own interests, but, but each of you to the interest of others. In other words, be humble in every aspect and walk of your life. God has positioned you in a company. You are doing an entry-level job. Be humble what God has asked you and placed you. In due season, he will lift you up. But the way you elevate yourself in God's kingdom is actually going low. Be humble. You know, there was two brothers one who, once who lived in the farm. Two brothers lived in the farm. Uh, one brother decided to move out of the farm and he wanted to pursue uh, uh, being a lawyer. And he went to a law school and uh, established himself at a very established law firm. And he moved out and he had a name for himself. Of many years, one Thanksgiving, he came back and he saw his other brother working in the farm, uh, you know, walking outside with torn clothes and he was smelly and stinky and he walked outside, didn't even want to give a hug to his brother because now the lawyer brother comes back to the farm with all the suited up and he was smelling good and when he came back, he looked at his other brother and he said, no, look at me, I have earned a status, I have earned everything, I have really worked hard for all the things I have done and I've changed my lifestyle, probably you should leave the farm life and you should go out into the city and work and earn a name for yourself. The other brother felt offended and he did not reply back. Sometimes, you know, when people actually talk to you too much nonsense, it's better to keep quiet. And time will make them realize how things can be different because it's all about how we view it and our viewing, our sight has to change. The other brother and all the brothers, the family sat down together for the Thanksgiving meal. And as they were sitting down on the table, 
around the table when the conversation was going on. You know, the brother asked them, do you see the turkey? Do you see the meat? Do you see the produce that is there on the table? All of this is here because I worked on the farm. And he met his brother and he said, can you just look outside and look closely uh, to the wheat field over there? Look closely. Only the stalks with empty heads stand up straight. Only the stalks with empty heads stand up straight and tall. Those that are well filled always bow low. And it's a reminder to all of us that the gift of the spirit that God has produced in our hearts. The fruits of the spirit that is very much evident in our daily walks of life. I pray that as God has blessed us with these fruits of his spirit. That we will use it to benefit his kingdom and not to just ourselves. In whatever gift God has produced in our life. It is not for our own glory. But it is for the glory of his kingdom. Every gift that God has given us. Every possession, every blessing, every wealth, every educational standards that God has provided in our life. And I pray that we will never forget our humble beginnings in life. All of us have a story here. Every person seated in this room, we have a story that has challenged us, that has built us, that has brought us to where we are at right now. But I pray in the life's journey, we don't forget our humble beginnings. Stay humble. The place where God has positioned you, stay humble. The way, the second thing that I want to mention here, the way to your elevation in life, your growth in life is actually being low in God's kingdom, staying humble in God's kingdom. Wherever God has positioned you, stay humble. Stay humble to your parents. Stay humble in your relationship. Stay humble within your leadership that God has brought in your life. Stay humble. The branch that bears the most fruit is bent to the lowest ground. The branch that bears the most fruit is bent the lowest to the ground. The only reason is because it's carrying the Lord of the fruits. I pray. Each of us in this room, God has blessed the church with fruits of the Spirit. With fruits of the Spirit, which is evident. And I pray that your fruit is evident to others. Number two that I want to mention here. Third thing, second thing was stay humble. Uh, third thing is arrogance destroys opportunity. Listen to this very carefully. Arrogance destroys opportunity. You know, in my ministry life, I've been doing pastoral ministry for maybe 12 plus years. In my ministry life, I've seen a lot of people come through church and being part of a church. There was this one occasion where I really wanted to use one of the guys and promote him for ministry. Uh, but he was very prideful. He was very prideful. And what happened? Because of his pride, we could not use him at all. He was very prideful. And I've seen in one of the organizations we were working, we want to really bring this person to our team. But in, in, through the conversations, one thing that we understood that this person was filled with so much pride and he was so arrogant that we could not use him at all. What, are, what am I trying to say? Arrogance destroys opportunities. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. I know a lot of you all might have read the scripture. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before fall. 
Let that be a reminder to a lot of young people listening to me, online or on-site, wherever you are. Pride goes before fall. I'm praying God, and whenever, you know, yesterday night, it was amazing when we were hearing Pastor Ray ministering from God. You know, whenever you ask the Lord to bless you, He actually brings challenges in your life to bless you. Through those challenges, God actually blesses you. You ask for love, and what He does is He brings in people who are actually irritative in nature. That's how God shows His love to us. When we ask God, I want to be humble in your presence, to stay humble in God's presence. How, do we, how, how does God make us humble? By bringing in challenging situations. By bringing in people who betrays us. By bringing in people who will backstab us. He is actually saying, even if they leave you, I don't. I need you to stay humble in my presence. Pride goes before fall. Listen. When you read through the story of King Nebuchadnezzar, uh, in the Old Testament, there's this really good king, turned to be a wicked king. Uh, king Nebuchadnezzar uh, was one of the greatest man kings uh, alive. King Nebuchadnezzar was the leader in the whole of Babylon, and it was a really good king, really sharp, uh, uh, and he, he, he won a lot of conquest, and he did great things for, for uh, Babylon. But when he rose up in his ranks in superiority and doing things all around the world, uh, somewhere pride started coming in in his life. And he started saying, all of this was made only because of me. King Nebuchadnezzar said, all of this happened just because of my strength, my wisdom, my talent. Every blessing that I, I see, he went up top of his chambers in his palace on top floor and looked around every place and space he conquered everything he has built around his name and he started having pride in his own life that i have built all of this what happened god came down and destroyed him we all know the story he started eating grass god turned him to be a beast in the land uh, 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 of, of no value. Why? Because pride came in his life. Where God gave him victory. God gave him all these laurels. But what he tried to do with that is he tried to making a name for himself. He was so boastful about him. The arrogance of his life. If you look through the scripture, you will see pride is the oldest sin in the universe. The oldest sin in the universe. And shows no sign of growing weaker with age. Pride is the oldest sin in the whole universe and shows no signs in growing weaker as age conquers. Everyone is prideful of the things that we have, the jobs we have, the figures that we earn, the wealth we have accumulated, the knowledge, the education, and everything. We are all prideful in everything. But I pray and I commend our church today. I encourage that let's not be prideful, but humble ourselves. God, thank you. We'll look into that. Number two, if you, look, if you read through the scriptures, you will see pride took Lucifer out of heaven. Pride took Adam out of the paradise. Pride took Saul out of the kingdom. Pride took Nebuchadnezzar out of Babylonian society. Pride took Haman out of Persian court. Pride changed the angels into demons. Pride changes friends into enemies. If you look at the, if you look at the whole portion here, pride is the cancer to the soul. 
Listen, pride is a cancer to the soul. If left undiagnosed and untreated, it will destroy spiritual life. No matter what you gain in the whole world, Jesus' own words, you might gain the whole world but lose your own soul. Whatever you have earned is meant to nothing. I can be the ruler of every space and place known to man. But if I lose my own soul. Listen, pride comes before fall. I pray in every blessing God has given in your life. Every blessing God has given in your life. Your wife, your husband, your children. The house, the vehicles, the peace, the health, the very life, the very breath in our nostrils. I say that we will always say, God, thank you that you have given me this life. God, thank you that you have provided this. God, it was not my own ability. It's not my own ability. Some people, and I've you know, grown up in church, so uh, some people say that man is really humble. How do you say he's really humble? Because he, if he, if he, if a, listen, so we have actually tried to make sure that, uh, try, we, we say this, you know, like that person is humble. And, and the way we do it is if a rich man wears a poor man's clothing, we say that he is really humble. And they'll do the Indian head bobbing too. He's really humble. <laughs> it doesn't signify anything there. If that's the way, if that's the way true humility is shown by the where we wear our clothes, then it is easy to show everybody that you can show your humility. It is easier to just manufacture humility in that aspect. It is easier to show everybody in that conduct because now you know how to master the act of showing everybody how humble you are. Humility is your posture. The very nature and the character of Christ that comes in our life. I may not like what the other person is, but I'm going to humble myself because I know they are created in the image of God. Humility. God has blessed me with everything. And I always, with everything God has said and given into my life, I'm not going to be boastful about it. But I'm going to say, God, thank you for that. The posture of humility within our life brothers and sisters james chapter 4 verse 6 says but he gives us more grace that is why the scripture says listen god opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble god opposes the proud from the very beginning lucifer was very prideful in the things that he did what did god do kicked him out of the very existence of the universe that he created. Kicked him out of the very presence where God created this angel to be in. God just said, I don't want to do anything with anybody who is prideful. And I pray in our church today, we will humble ourselves. If God has given you a gift or a talent, humble yourself to use it for the glory of his kingdom. Humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. Listen. Jesus shows us that humility comes from strength rather than from weakness. Humility comes from strength rather than weakness, from confidence but, and not insecurity. 
Jesus shows us through the scriptures that in a true form of humility, it comes from knowing who you are in Christ and projecting Christ in you and not you yourself. Listen to this very carefully. It comes in the strength of knowing who you are in Christ and it projects Christ and not you. That's where true humility looks like. That in every context of my life, in everything that I get to do along with my friends or wherever God has positioned us, it could be a status update on our Instagram or our social media platform, but in every aspect, God, it is your grace. I put you first in my life. It's your promises. Stay humble. The way we rise up in ranks with wherever God has placed us is by going low in God's kingdom, by staying humble. And I, can I tell you this to my church? Everybody in this room, you're positioned for growth. You're positioned for blessings and peace of God. But always remain humble in God's presence. Remain humble in God's presence. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 to 7 says, In the same way, these are for the younger folks in the church, and the parents would say amen. In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourself to your elders, young people in the church, children in the church. Submit yourself to your elders. All of you, clothe yourself with humility towards one another. Because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Verse 6. Humble yourself, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. But the root word there, that all of God's blessings that you see in 1 Peter chapter 5 hinges around the word, humble yourself. Humble yourself. In the same way, submit yourself. We don't want to submit to anybody. We don't want to. That's how our culture is today. It's a very individualistic lifestyle. That we, we don't want to submit to anything. First and foremost, as a church, we must submit to the Spirit of God. We must submit to the plans of God in our life. And a lot of our prayers are like, you know, you read a lot of needs and you want God to co-sign on it. But on the other hand, God wants us to know His will for our life, for our family, for our children. And I pray that in the journey of life, God will give us the strength to understand that it is better to submit ourselves under that leadership, under that care where God has put all of us together. But one of the words that I love there is, clothe yourself with humility. Humility is the, uh, I would say, humility is the dress code of God's kingdom. The clothing that we wear, the dress that we wear, people can see it. People see what we are wearing. People see it with the naked eyes. People see it, what we are wearing. Humility is that posture in God's presence that makes people to notice what God has done in our life. That it compels people to notice and they will never miss the opportunity to notice what God has done and is doing in your life. The posture of humility. Humility is the, the dress code of God's kingdom. Listen, 
I pray that in our journey, uh, in a ministry, in a church setting, uh, we clothe ourselves, we submit to our elders, we clothe ourselves in humility because when people notice us, they see us people of a difference. Are you with me? People should see the difference in you. People should see the difference in your behavior, in your character, in your teaching, in your talking, in your way of life, in your conduct of life. People should see a difference. And somebody who is humble in the presence of God, you don't project yourself, but you project the characters of Christ, the fruits of the Spirit. I pray that this is very much evident in our daily life. Within any equation of relationship God has brought us together, I pray that the fruit of the Spirit will be visible in others' life. That they will see your posture in Christ Jesus. When you read through the portions in God's scripture, uh, 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 you know, uh, Philippians, let's go back to Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, when you read through verse 5 onwards, let's pause there for a few minutes, verse 5 onwards, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 onwards, in your relationships with one another, in your relationships with one another, in the body of Christ where God has placed you, have the same mindset of Christ. Now I'm going back to Philippians chapter 2, to, we have already set the foundation that in your relationship with one another, have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. Pause there. God, the Father, Son, Jesus Christ. We believe in the Trinity, right? God, the Father. Son, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit. Now, here in the story or in the scriptures here, Jesus Christ did not compare himself equal to the Father when he was actually sent as the Son to the earth. They, they share in the equal roles. They have equal authority. But still, Jesus did not compare himself with the Father God but chose to, what does the scripture help us to understand? Who being in the very nature of Christ, did not consider equality with God something to be used in his own advantage. What could have Christ used in the equality of his position for his own advantage? He could have actually did not have to go through the cross. He did not have to die. He is all-powerful, all-knowing. He controls all things. He did not have to go through the cross or die for the sake of humanity. Because it is the Father who has made the promise. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. As the Son, He did not have to honor. But He positioned Himself in humility. My father said so, and I said, son, I'm going to do it, what my father has asked me to do it. He did not count himself equal in that position where God has placed him. But you read through this very carefully. He did not use it to his own advantage. Brothers and sisters, when you are humble, people will actually try to uh, make use of your humility. They will take advantage of you. 
But in everything, do not push back. Do not fight for what is not necessary. Know that the battle belongs to the Lord. Know that in all things, let God be glorified. But always you, as a child of God, humble yourself. God will bring challenging people in your life, challenging situations in your life, people who will be around you to take advantage of everything that is attached to you. But in all of that, just listen to this very carefully. God brings challenging situations so that we stay humble in our life. We stay humble in our life. It could be a business venture that you started off. It went really good. But you had a lot of hiccups in between. Why? Somebody that you trusted left you, betrayed you. Why? Because God is actually in the betrayal showing you that it was not him, but I who has sustained you. You stay humble. It could be in a job that you loved it and you, you wanted all of this job to be a blessing to you and your family and all of a sudden you walk in and, 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 and you have that job no more. You come back home with, with so much depression and you're depressed for the week. But all God is showing you at that moment is, son, I got you. I am the one who gave you that job and I am the one who led you thus far. I just need you to know, stay humble. Stay humble. It could be a personal relationship. It could be people that you trusted, you valued, your best friend that stayed with you forever, but they walked out of your life, out of your life, only to share the good news here. Stay humble. God is in control. Verse 7. Rather he made, can I have the worship team behind me? Rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of being a What's the word? Servant. A servant. Being made in the full human likeness. Being a servant. As pastors and leaders and worship leaders and elders of the church, God has called us to be servant leaders. The way you go up in the ranks in God's kingdom is by actually bowing down, going low in His presence, staying humble in the sight of God Almighty. He made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in the human likeness. Verse 8. And being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself, becoming, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. He humbled himself in everything. Christ had the all power. He could have done whatever with the authority that rests upon his shoulders. But he chose to humble himself. Verse 9 onwards is the promise for the church, for every family listening to me. Verse 9 onwards. Therefore, God exalted him. Who did God exalt? God exalted the one who chose to humble himself. Who did God exalt? God exalted the one who made himself low in God's kingdom and his side. Who did God exalt? God exalted the one who wore the clothes of humility to show the world that, hey, you know what? No matter what challenges may come, but I'm going to humble myself to the very words of God the Father. And God exalted him to the highest point. Brothers and sisters, God will exalt you to the highest point in life. To the highest ranks where God wants to take you. It could be in your business. 
could be in your family life, could be in your work experience, wherever you are, you will never remain an entry-level worker if you know how to clothe yourself in humility in the sight of God Almighty. This is the promise of God over your life. Oh, I'm not just preaching prosperity here. Prosperity belongs to everybody who believes in Christ Jesus. Prosperity is the wealth of your health, your mind. Joy of God's countenance in your life. That's prosperity. Not just bank balance and a good Bentley to drive around. No. Wealth is good, but God gives us. But I pray that I pray when we choose to humble ourselves in the presence of God. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name above every other name, so that at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in earth, on earth, under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord. Glory to God the Father. We've oftentimes prayed from the scripture. We have sang songs from the scripture. That are the mention of the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord of our life. We have read through these scriptures. We have prayed. But do you see the context of that scripture? The context of that scripture is Jesus willingly humbled himself. The way God exalts you is when you decide to humble yourself. Listen to this very carefully once again. Let me say, the way God exalts you is the way you posture yourself, clothe yourself in humility. Brothers and sisters, no matter where God has placed and positioned you, that this be a season in our life to use this humility into the advantage of God's kingdom. Let's rise up in God's house. Let's rise up in God's house. I pray that God will give you that promotion that you're seeking. I pray that God will give you that increment in your, in your seeking. I pray that God will give you the raise that you want. I pray that the visa sanction that you're praying for will happen this season in your life. I pray the marital relationships that you're seeking, looking out for, God will provide in your life. But in everything, always understand this. Clothe yourself in humility to know the will of God Almighty. Philippians chapter 2 was a reminder to the church in Philippi and also the church here at Zion today, this morning. If wherever you are tuning in and watching us from, I pray that we will, number one, strive for unity. Strive for unity. Two, arrogance destroys opportunity. Three, God's calling for us to be humble. And I pray, Luke chapter 4 verse 11. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. As I surrender to the word that we heard, I want everybody to close your eyes and just make a small prayer. Just make a small prayer. Lord, if I am prideful, bring me back to thy grace. Lord, if I am prideful, Lord, if I am prideful, bring me back to thy grace. Let's make that prayer. Everybody, 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 everybody in this room, everybody in this room, everybody in this room, everybody in this room. 
as we surrender ourselves there are three things that i want to mention three things to check our humility three things what are your top three favorite attributes you notice and appreciate in your friends life or your spouses find a way to tell them what you notice about them this week this is just a humility check what are the top three favorite attributes you notice and appreciate about your friend or your spouse find three things and make sure that you tell them number two parents have so much influence over our children and who we become what are the three things your parents taught you that you want to copy in your own parenting and teach your children that three things i want you to practice this this week number three who do you admire most where you work how has they work influenced you or helped you to succeed consider reaching out to them in a text or an email or in person and letting them know that you like them for what they are doing three simple steps to diagnose our own relationships to see our own humility and i want this message whatever i'm preaching to be something that we practice in our life not just a scripture and a three point we walk out pointless i pray we begin to practice what we preach i pray this will strengthen you i pray this will bless you i pray this will challenge you i pray that we become better christians christ in me is a true christian and i pray i pray we become good christians in christ